none of us want to admit that we're a C player in anything. But the reality is there are things that we are a C player in, but maybe because we have other themes or other attributes and behaviors, we're able to get to that B player. That's Dan talking about the qualities that separate an A, B, and C player. In this episode, we break down the eight attributes of an A player and what separates them from B and C players. How do you measure up? Let's jump in and find out. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. I want to talk about the difference between an A, B, and C player. But here's what I want to do. I want to do it in a way that our listeners can assess themselves. You know, as a listener, you have the safety of, of just listening. There's no one else around. And I want to formulate this A, B, and C player in a way that you can do some self-analysis. Now, none of us want to admit that we're a C player in anything. But the reality is there are things that we are a C player in, but maybe because we have other themes or other attributes and behaviors, we're able to get to that B player. But there are certain behaviors and attributes that I think help all of us in whatever we do evolve and get better at whatever the activity or task or challenges that we're you know, experiencing. We've coached people over the years that make, you know, a million and two million and three million dollars a year, if not more. And I look at those individuals and I look at individuals who are just getting into sales and, you know, you automatically do those comparisons and you kind of reflect on what are those differences. One of the main differences, Kylie, I always see is learning. What is the difference between how an A player approaches learning a B player and a C player. So an A player, it's a constant game of learning. They're very proactive in it. Nobody's telling them what to learn, when to learn. They're doing it on their own. They're always in that process. But not only that, they spend just as much time applying. So they'll spend the time to learn the academics, gain the knowledge of whatever it is, but then they immediately go to, well, how do I apply? And then they're willing to take the risks in application, the risk of failure or making a mistake. That's an A player. And no one's dictating any of that to them. A B player really enjoys the academics. They experience that intellectual stimulant of learning something different and new. The difference though is they're inconsistent in application. They tend to apply if what they're learning easily fits a behavior or skill set strength that they already have. There's a little more apprehension to get uncomfortable. Exactly. And then a C player will learn only if convenient. I have seen many very intelligent, naturally gifted sales professionals that I would designate into the C player category 
because of the way they learn. They're not proactive in it. They're very reactive in it. And it's only if it's convenient will they go through the learning. Yet they might be some of the most naturally skilled individuals in the room. So from a learning standpoint, the A player, proactive, spends a lot of time working through applying the new skill or developing the new skill. A B player spends a lot of time and has passion around the intellectual stimulation of learning, but hesitates more often than not and will only apply when it matches a current skill. And then the C player, it's very reactive, only if convenient. What's the next skill, Dan? Receiving feedback. An A player, they want the feedback and they embrace it. There's no good or bad in it. And they have, there's no emotion. They listen and they contemplate. I would even say, Dan, that they ask for it. They do. I have a handful of folks that I coach that will come to me and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help. Can we talk through it? I've also noticed an A player, if you don't give them constructive feedback, they ask again for it. It's like they want to make sure that you're giving them the hard feedback so they can hear it. They pursue it. That's an A player. A B player will take the feedback, but if it's negative, they could get reactive and emotional. Do you get a little touchy? Do you get a little defensive, a little reactive? If you do, it just makes you human. Just remember, it's, it's just feedback. There's no need to put energy into it. Take it, think about it, debate it, and see if something constructive comes out of it. A C player only wants feedback if it's positive. They tend to shut down and deflect if it's negative. You could have a very naturally talented and gifted individual and you give them some negative feedback. They shut down and deflect. And when they deflect, they give excuses or they blame on some external factor or they create some kind of justification around it. So the next attribute you have listed here, Dan, is focus. We focus on things every day, right? And there are some common themes that we've seen over the years on what an A player focuses on versus a B versus a C. I'm going to keep this one very high level. An A player will focus on activities, processes, and opportunities and challenges that helps them get to that next level. A player is always looking at what's next, what's next. And you'll kind of see and hear that common theme throughout this with an A player. All right. It's all about where they're headed and how they get there. From an emotional intelligence perspective, we call this self-actualization, where you're always seeking to get to your full potential, but you know you're never going to get there. Yeah, it's a journey. An A player looks at their career as a journey. It's not a finish line. It's not a destination. A B player, they focus on planning a lot for the next level. So a B player can be very articulate. They enjoy the intellectual stimulation from knowledge and academics and learning. 
they spend a lot of time planning. And I've seen many a fantastic business plans, but they don't spend as much time taking action. The action is not congruent with the effort that's put into planning. And I might even say, maybe they don't even get to the planning stage. Maybe it's they think about it a lot or they talk about it a lot, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah, I think for our listeners, if you look at your business plan and what you're trying to accomplish and you look at the details in the plan, the extensive depth of the plan, you have to then ask yourself, how much time are you spending reviewing it? doing a checks and balance on it, and then taking action to drive that plan. So how about our C players with focus? C players can be very gifted, naturally talented, but they spend a lot of time telling themselves stories and justifying and rationalizing how to avoid situations of uncertainty. C players tend to focus on minimizing the variability in their day, avoiding the uncertainty of trying new things. C players tend to spend a lot of time trying to establish and maintain control. And we all know in sales, to be really good, you have to learn to let go of a lot of that control because there's a lot of things in your day you simply can't control. Dan, when I hear you talk about avoiding uncertainty because it potentially could cause us to fail or be wrong or not be perfect, I roll all of those things up into our ego, trying to keep us safe. Can you talk about that for a little bit? I think you said it well. I mean, every morning we all wake up, the number one function of our ego is to keep us safe. It's a defense mechanism. Now it has multi-layers and faceted defense mechanisms that are in play depending on the situation and the environment that we're facing. But our egos kick in all the time. And it's all about giving us that false sense of control. So if I want to make a call to a prospect, my ego might kick in if I'm uncertain about it and I want to avoid the variability of rejection, I might say, ah, today's not the day. I've got a lot of other stuff I got to do. And that's a quick example right there of how ego can play in and hold us back. All right, Kylie, this next one's one of my favorites because it's something all of us struggle with. If you want to be a high performer in anything, you have to learn to deal, manage, and be okay with failure. And in sales, it's magnified because we're paid to deliver results. And so you have to put yourself out there in so many different ways as a sales professional each and every day. So dealing with failure, an A player, without a doubt, an A player looks at failure as just part of the process of getting better. And there's very little emotion. They just understand they're going to make mistakes. They're okay with it because they know it's part of the journey. They've learned, and we're going to talk about this one later, they've learned to bet on themselves and they understand that making mistakes is a crucial part of their journey. So a B player dealing with failure, it, it takes them longer to recover 
because they allow emotion to come in. So rejection, a letdown, getting a no from a prospect. It's not that the B player won't recover. It just takes them longer because there's more emotion that seems to kick in and they feel it at a deeper level versus reminding themselves that it's part of the process of getting better. Now, this is one I know I've worked on a lot where if I start to feel too much energy spent on a failure, I will remind myself, hold on, what am I going to learn from this? And let me try this again. Let me take that next step because I know at some point I'm going to get better. But I have to be very mindful of it. From a C player standpoint, again, none of us like failure, but a C player, very discouraged by it. And when they get discouraged, they'll avoid the risk moving forward. So a C player experiences failure in reaching out to a prospect or asking a particular question of a prospect and that prospect gives you know, a half-assed, half-baked answer. A C player will take a look at that scenario. They'll feel it. They'll feel the emotion. They'll get discouraged by it and they'll decide, I'm going to avoid that question moving forward. Instead of looking at different ways to ask the question or looking at the timing of the question or trying to decide the personality of the person that they asked, the C player will just now avoid asking that moving forward. And that's just one example how that works. But a lot of times a C player will experience a negative outcome and then become completely discouraged and move directly to, well, that's just not for me. Here's an interesting one. How do A and B and C players experience success? We talked about dealing with failure, but how does an A or B, C player experience success? An A player views success almost like a stepping stone. It's just one more step. They truly don't get very high about it. There's no champagne popping. There's no big dinner. There, there's no need for a plaque because for an A player, they look at it as this is just part of my process of testing myself, challenging myself and seeing how far I can go. What can I create? It doesn't mean they don't feel positive emotion, but it's just a more of a neutral reaction. And then they're off to this next potential win. It's like they, this, they keep moving. From a B player standpoint, they can get to a high level and they, and they do, but complacency kicks in. That's the difference. They can get complacent. They get stuck because they've had success. They might be making more money than they've ever thought, more money than anybody in their family's ever made. And then they kind of, they get stuck and they get complacent. And they start to move into what I would call more of this managing their success, managing their experiences. They're no longer striving. They're no longer challenging themselves to go further. They get comfortable. C players, it's always about a finish line. And it's always about, I've arrived. One win, a C player wants to pop the champagne, wants the plaque, wants the accolades, 
And it's almost like they've arrived. And hey, listen, any win is good. We all know how hard it is to get a win. So not taking anything away from a win, but it's the win is looked at as a destination, not, not part of the journey. And the highs and the lows that the C player feels are extreme. Really high, really abundant when they get the win, really low, very scarce when they're not winning. There's no middle ground. So let's talk about how A, B, and C players view themselves. This one surprised me. We've been working with these high performers, the A and the B and the C players, the naturally talented and gifted people in sales and everybody in between for years. And every time I've asked an A player to rank themselves, which has been hundreds of hundreds of times, an A player tends to rank themselves as a C plus or a B minus player. And I'll be sitting across from them and I know what they've accomplished. I know how hard they work. I know their commitment to their trade. And it still amazes me when they'll say C plus, B minus. So an A player, very critical of their performance, never satisfied. A B player, very consistent here. A B player views themselves as either a B or a B plus, even sometimes an A minus. So I feel like a B player tends to have a view of themselves in a more equitable, rational viewpoint. They tend to be a little more on the optimistic side when they rank themselves, maybe a B plus or an A minus. And that's the part where a B player has to be careful that they're not being a little too optimistic. The C player, they tend to rank themselves as a B or an A player. So I, I think from a C player standpoint, there needs to be more self-awareness. So if I look at the individual who is very gifted and talented, all that natural skill set, but they're still performing from a C player standpoint, I think a lot of that comes down to their inability to be self-aware. Let's talk about how A, B, and C players view risk, Dan. So I, I use the terminology, Kylie. It's this process of learning how to bet on yourself. I think corporate America can sometimes rob people of the ability of learning how to bet on themselves. I'm a big believer in giving people that opportunity. I think it's how we bring out the best in ourselves. And how would you define betting on yourself? You have compensation at risk. And the more compensation you have at risk, the more upside you probably have. That's a good example of someone taking on a challenge where they can bet on themselves because they have more of their financial stability at risk. I would almost describe it as like an entrepreneurial mindset, right? You have no safety net. If this fails, it's on you. If you succeed, it's also on you. I love the safety net example because you're right. An A player will take on a opportunity or a challenge and there's no safety net needed. It doesn't mean the A player doesn't feel some angst at times or doesn't experience some uncertainty or doubt. That will happen. 
But the excitement and just that challenge of being able to bet on themselves pulls them through. An A player wouldn't want it any other way. They want to be in a culture and environment that promotes them betting on themselves, allows them to bet on themselves. So how about a B player? How do they view betting on themselves? A B player needs a safety net. They need some kind of salary, bonus structure, set dollars, set parameters that gives them some feeling of stability and comfort. Again, doesn't make them a bad person. The interesting part would be is can you help that B player become the A player here by giving them a little bit more skin in the game on it? Challenge them a little bit more because that B player has more in the tank. And giving them the confidence or helping them attain the confidence to take that one next step outside or away from the safety net, that's a powerful opportunity. I will also say this about the B player. They're more often than not willing to bet on themselves if the situation fits their strength and their skill set, where an A player will bet on themselves across the board. That's a big difference between the two. A C player, they're not going to bet on themselves. They're going to need the salary. They're going to need the set comp. They're going to need a lot more to feel comfortable. Doesn't make them a bad person. There's a lot that can go into that, how they were brought up, the circumstances they were brought up in. There's nothing wrong with needing a safety net. It's just that there is a difference though between the A player view, the B player view, and the C player view of it when it comes to betting on themselves. And lastly, motivation. So we had Neil Doshi on and he talks a lot about motivation. And what I found with A players is their motivation is play, to use Neil's terms. It's such a journey for them. It's such a challenge for them. And and they're wired to always test themselves. Yes, they're competitive, but their motivation is always internal. How far can they take it? How far can they go? That's what I see in an A player. A B player tends to be more economically driven. Economics though will only take you so far. It'll only push you so far and so hard. Now again, how you were brought up, how you were raised, the lessons that you learned about money, the values that you learned do play into this in terms of motivation. But a B player very much tends to be economically driven and has external drivers as well, like boss, quota, culture, other external influencers. A C player, their motivation tends to be more about survival. And you know it's tough for me to share that, but C player will look at, how do I get through the day? They may want to be successful. They may think about success, but yet their behaviors and their actions and their mindset is more focused toward limiting variability and avoiding uncertainty. And so for them, it's, hey, I want to be successful, but their actions are more about how do I survive the day without rejection, making a mistake, or experiencing failure. Yeah, it's almost like, I know these are my tasks I have to get done. I'm going to get done the bare minimum because I know that the minimum number of calls or outreach messages I need to do in a day is X, so I'm going to do X. Yeah, like we've talked about, that's 
the need to control their environment to the extent that they actually limit their success. Well, and I would say it also comes through in results. They don't necessarily care about the results because if they're not getting the results, it's some other external environmental reason why. It's others' fault. And if they're not getting the results, they're not doing any more activity to get those results. So if my goal is five new meetings per month and I'm doing 100 outreach per week and I'm not getting my five new meetings, I'm just going to stick at that 100 outreach per week because that's my minimum. So what you're saying is you're not going to adjust. You're just going to continue to do what you've done. Right. So Dan, we've talked about a lot. You know, these are eight key attributes for A, B, and C players. What do we do with all this? As I said in the beginning, Kylie, I just want our listeners to use this episode as an opportunity for safe self-reflection. There's no judging. There's no critiquing. Think about this. What are the top three that are impacting your performance? Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode? <laughs>